Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm really happy to do it. Oh, I saw you on TV one time with your with your with your family. Oh, you remember? Yeah. Yeah. You did a special and stuff. That right. was so nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah talking news. about that. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So tell me this. Where were you born? Mm. Let's start off with that. Yeah, so I'm from Montreal, Canada. Okay. Um, you're Canadian? Yeah. Eh? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never you grew up in Canada? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. I thought you're American for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, well, you've no. lost your accent? You know, you go, eh? Well, that's possible. So I've been in Japan 20 years, or okay. almost 20 years. Okay, okay. And so I grew up in Montreal, which is really bilingual, English mm -hmm. and French. Um, so and you speak French as well? I did. <laughs> um, the Actually, I did a lot of my elementary school and high school in French, but it was kind of bilingual. It's a mix. Okay. And uh, I have family members that uh, didn't speak any English at all until they got, you know, into adulthood and decided it was useful to start speaking and learning English. So, um, but coming to Japan, uh, not using French, and then going back to you Montreal for a now. visit, trying to speak French again, and then Japanese words come out. So it's exactly. kind of like... Oh, so uh, you speak Japanese now, too? Well, not as well as I would like. But, but certainly, the I guess my brain is not necessarily wired for too many languages. <laughs> let me ask you, let me ask this. When you when you were growing up, is it just you? Are you the only child no, in your family? No, I have two sisters and brother, uh, two sisters and a brother, and they're older than what I. Do you, so I'm the oh, youngest. You're the youngest? Yeah. So who's the first, a girl or a boy? Sister, sister, brother. Now, how many years between you and the oldest? Uh, eight, nine. Oh, there you guys are close. Yeah. So you're pretty close. Yeah. Are you close with them now? Yeah. Um, my brother moved out to Calgary after graduating university, okay. and he's still there. Um, and so although we, we certainly catch up, uh, we probably haven't seen each other in person in years now, so that's kind of sad, right? What about your sisters? Um, every time we go back to Montreal, which we make a, except for this past Christmas, we go every Christmas. Every Christmas? Every Christmas. And um, once in a while in the summer, but every Christmas we go back. Um, and uh, that's especially important with my daughter. We brought her as soon as she was born that Christmas and every oh, Christmas every well, how Christmas she, how's she doing with her English and how awesome. she's how eight. She eight eight she's eight oh, I haven't seen her you know how she used to come into my arms and make me feel so that and you allowed that <laughs> see I would see if I were a dad of a daughter I don't know that I would let her go to any other man's arms while right. she's that young yeah. but she used to let me hug her and that felt so good uh, about all that. the kids Soon did that. it though didn't they yeah they did yeah. They, a lot yeah. of the kids did not yeah. all of them but right. a lot of them did yeah. my parents come. some of them kind of kept their distance and said nah right. <laughs> now you gotta go ahead yeah. so tell me this you grew up when you grew up in Canada mm -hmm. what was it like I mean your mom and dad still together are they still here yeah they're still together still here and um, it's it makes the Christmases that much more important. To where make, where are they sure. from? Where are they from? They're, uh, well, they're all say? Montrealers. Um, okay. Everybody is, although I, I think my father was born and spent the first couple of years of his life in Winnipeg. Okay. Um, but Winnipeg has a the biggest French Canadian community outside of Quebec within okay. Winnipeg. So he grew up uh, in that area, St. Boniface. Um, but for some reason, they headed back to Montreal, and mm -hmm. um, so we have uh, 
interesting mix. We've got my two grandfathers have French Canadian names, but my grandmothers yeah, have yeah, Dutch and Irish names. So it's quite a mix. But that itself is French Canadian. That's French, of course. French Canadian is quite a, yeah. a mix of all kinds of things. Oh. Mm -hmm. Okay, so growing up, of course, you did hockey. But tell me about yes, your younger years. You had no other choice. I mean, <laughs> come on. Yeah. So, so tell me, what did you do as a little kid growing up? I mean, like, were you, all of you guys were close because it's only eight years between you and the oldest. Yeah. So you knew some of the same friends and oh, you yeah, got to know their sure. friends. Yeah, but the uh, I would say there's enough space between my sisters and me that we didn't share friends. Okay. However, yeah, right, right. the second sister. She, um, she spent a lot of time, especially when she got to her early teens, uh, I think she enjoyed bringing me along to all her oh, really? soccer games and stuff like that. So, you know, it was really, we were very close. Is that right? And you still are, aren't you? Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. So you and her are the tightest in the family? I think so. Well, I mean, you spend, well anyway, you talk to her more, not that you don't love yeah, her that's more, right. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think, I think that's yeah, yeah. fair to say. I have a sister <laughs> like that too. I have a sister I talk with more than, I have a... Mm -hmm. One, two, both of my sisters are younger than me. Mm -hmm. I have an older brother, then it's me, and then I have two younger sisters. And the youngest sister and I talk, I just finished talking to her before you came in. As a matter of fact, Valerie, I told you I'd be doing this podcast, and, <laughs> and this is Bill. I just wanted to say a shout out to my sister, Valerie. She's been watching these two and listening to them. They make him very happy. You said you'd listen to the podcast? Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't know they were on video, so this so is, I'm so not that's prepared. Say, that's why you do the cameras and stuff, and you go there, yeah, 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 okay. All right, so anyway, so you're really close with your sister, and she started taking you around yeah. with her to your friends and stuff. Yeah, well, that's the thing, but in Montreal, we didn't grow up in, like, the city area. We grew up in the suburbs, and okay. certainly back when I was a kid, uh, we didn't have play dates and stuff like that. It was as soon as we could get out the door, we were out the door. And before it got dark, you had to get home. Yeah, like that. That's how um, it was. Yeah. Yeah, and the um, I, I think the development of the area wasn't certainly not as as uh, thick as it is now. We had a lot of wooded areas and stuff like that. So I think I grew up really nice. I think we had a wonderful time. Right. So what are, you, what are some of your fond memories from being a little kid? Like, did you guys go in the forest and find? Squirrels and 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 rabbits and sometimes yeah, well, see a bear or something. And well, not bear. It's not that Canadian. <laughs> <Would you, would you, laughs> it wasn't that Canadian. No okay. moose there. Right, no moose around there. Bear. Uh, yeah, but that's it. We. I think it was just there was always adventure. But I would say finest memory would be with my my dog. Uh, that you know, part sorry to my sisters and everybody else, but the dog was certainly my best friend. So for a long time, you know, younger. Would you? What was the dog's name? Nanook. Nanook. Yeah, so Why? she was Who? a white spit. Who named her? I don't actually know. Probably you did. You said, well, yeah. Nanook. Well, I wouldn't have come <laughs> up with that because that's like an es Eskimo. It is, yes. But she was, she's a white spit, definitely a beautiful dog. She could hide in the snow if she closed her eyes, you know. Um, and that was amazing. But yeah, she was, she lived to almost 17 years old. What, what year were you, I mean, how old were you when you got her? Eight. So she stayed with you for 17 years? 17 years, yeah. You in your 20s when she left. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was, those are the best memories oh, of my wow. childhood, hanging out with her. Was there any time when you left and been away for a while and then came back as she got older? No, not really, not, okay. yeah, not, I never uh, went, you know, I was always around. Uh, I did move, move out, um, mm -hmm. but I, I was always 
Oh, I didn't actually. I hadn't moved out until after she passed away. How old so were you when you moved out? I guess twenty-four or something. And to go to college, or yeah, you I, went you to go, I went to university in Montreal. Okay. So it was to study what? Uh, I did English and history major. Why? Why? It's like a double major. Uh, well, one is I love history okay. a lot, and then back then I loved writing and I loved like reading, but beyond just you know, let's say. Uh, simple pop culture things, but mm -hmm. actually, like what were what were the meanings in the in what was the history behind all the literature? It was kind of connected. What kind of literature? Did you, right? what, kind of literature did you, what got you? You said yes, I like this book. It made you feel really uh, good. Actually, I would have to say it was Shakespeare. Probably the last year of uh, high school, I had this amazing English teacher. The yeah, you know how a teacher can yes. change your, your whole life. Your whole life, and she changed my perspective. Where she kind of instead of just going through Shakespeare, she kind of got us into the meaning of it, and it really like. Like wow, like the imagery that that you can get from. Give me an example. Words. Give me I an don't example. Remember anymore. But I mean, but some of the things that you kind of remember, but something she. Well, I think it was Macbeth, oh, and I think it, I think it was that scene with Lady Macbeth, right, where she. Had Did she the, make you guys perform it or something? Or hands? Yes. Okay. No, I think we had to memorize it, but it was the idea of like. I don't know the power of the images that we could get. In the she knew how to paint those pictures in your yeah, head. Yeah, and it was really amazing. So I, after that, it was kind of like, you know, uh, I kind of fell in love with that. But history has always been my thing. What I kind of history? It. What kind of history? Well, actually, every kind. Um, possibly World War II ends up being my favorite. Um, but I'm not alone. Uh, there's a reason you can easily get interested in is the most published uh, subject in history. Oh, right? Okay, I got you. And, um, well, it is. It, it absolutely is. It absolutely World is. War II. World War II, yeah. Because I just had someone on recently, the mm. same thing, yeah. loves history, mm. and he said World War II, he mentioned yeah. that. Yeah. and it's, it's Because it's the most published. Well, it definitely is the most published. So it's not that you love it because it's the most published, but, but obviously we're not alone, right? Got you. So okay. it's, a, it's a fascinating subject. There's so many stories involved. And there's so many countries involved that you didn't, so really, you didn't think about it. So the Canadians, no one knows. From my point, the only thing I know is the American, the Germans, mm -hmm. and the Japanese. That's all, I, that's all you basically know. But of course, you had the Australians, Canadians. Sure, yeah. Everybody was in that. Yeah, that's right. I guess that's why they called it World War. Yeah, well, you know, and they... <laughs> no, but the, Swiss, but the Swiss were not involved. Well, they were. They but just they said, didn't fight. They said, "Yeah, in so that we sense." Not but they, you know, I think everybody—it was almost impossible not to get right. uh, sucked into the war, one way or another. Yeah, you, right. Even if you didn't want to, I guess you, you that's had to do something. Happen. Defend yourself. Yeah, and um, but that—that—that's fascinating. But mm -hmm. you know, it's like 20th century is century of kind of like, like modern warfare. It's kind of like war after war after war. But World War II is one of those one of those very pivotal moments in our modern history, I think. So, mm -hmm. um, and it's probably also the most uh, photographed of... Uh, That's of all uh, the yeah, things in history, right? Yeah, so, you know, it's interesting. World War One is also really interesting. But they couldn't cover it as well, of course. Yeah, but there's other things, like as a kid, as a child, obviously I was very interested in Egyptian history, and that never goes away. Um, it's just that, uh, you know, you feel, 
you've seen enough because you know how much more can you see but when you go there it's just you've amazing. been there so I went there uh, before my daughter was born with my wife and it was actually before the the revolution that ousted the uh, president Mubarak right. and uh, luckily um, because we didn't necessarily always feel safe then um, I wouldn't uh, you know it's a shame and you went right, right. yeah it, it's actually a shame uh, that things are a little bit out of control there because it's the most fascinating place to visit. I mean, we went inside the pyramids twice. We couldn't get enough of it. We went back another day. With well, you and your wife. Yeah. yeah. Um, She's, she also just feels a passion for history. Yeah, it's, I think so, definitely. And we, we went up, we went all the way to uh, Aswan, which is near Sudan, and mm -hmm. we went, came back down the Nile to How long Luxor. did you stay? Well, probably it was over a week. Okay. Yeah, and we we went bit off the beaten path where the tour guide we hired, <coughs> he he loved where we were going, which was the Temple of Seti in Abydos, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but he was nervous because it's mm -hmm. not the safest place. Gotcha, gotcha. Anything could happen, right? They used to do army convoys to bring tourists there, but they stopped it. I guess there wasn't enough to make it worth it. So um, my wife had to cover up her head and everything oh, to, right, right, yeah, right, because, yeah. to make sure. And even when he wanted to show us a, a mosque, he wouldn't slow down. He just couldn't. So he, you know, he felt it was dangerous. But once you're at the site, the army controls that, and mm -hmm. you're generally mm -hmm. you're generally pretty safe there. Yeah. Um, and it's it's unbelievable. I mean, you're talking about three thousand uh, year old paint still all over the walls. The temple of Dendara, beautiful colors everywhere. Just, uh, it's fascinating. But there's something to me that it's missing, which, um, which I find the most interesting thing about history is that we're missing big pieces of our history. And I'm pretty sure within North Africa, under the Sahara, this is our heritage. I, I feel that, and I know. Yeah, that's how you felt while you were there. Well, I couldn't. We can't go there. But I mean, but I mean, but I mean, just the idea of that. Well, the idea of that comes from like that Egypt couldn't have just popped up like that, and the the pyramids probably had a purpose before they were the pyramids. Uh, they didn't necessarily get built up as a pyramid, but they were probably wells because there are other structures that look like the bases of pyramids, but they're obviously water wells. So that means that the Africans, um, that culture which is gone, um, you know, like even Egypt itself wasn't Arab at the time, right? So there's a culture that is gone. But there, as the Sahara was taking over North Africa, they probably had to figure out how to get water at. And Egypt is probably the edge of uh, a great civilization. So within, within or under the Sahara, now that there's, we're able to see with like satellites, right, like right. you know, I guess what do you call it, topography? Topography, right? Um, under the Sahara, there was what they say is the biggest freshwater lake in the world, and that is that is only some thousands of years old, right? So we're not talking about twenty, thirty thousand right, years old. Right. We're talking about well within human history, mm -hmm. and there's lots of rivers, but it just it's all dried up and gone, Dead covered. Above. So what was there? Um, I think that that's fascinating. That's, oh, that's However, um, you know, that the deserts probably covered up or destroyed 
anything, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. However, the, the question of really how much do we know of our history is one of the most fascinating things. And there's some authors that they love to get into it. Of course, a lot of people consider them a little bit like, yeah. you know, because they, they, don't, the they don't follow the, the let's say, the house path. of history. Right. However, uh, the questions are like, you know, so important. Mm -hmm. And um, of course, even in Turkey, sorry to keep talking. No, 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 you should. That's what you're here yeah, for. Even in Turkey, they, they have, uh, they found um, structures, like really megalithic, so made of huge rocks mm -hmm. that are about 12,000 years old. And these have designs on it, every, you know, like scorpions and different things like that. Um, and this was made 12,000 years ago, which they know because they can carbon date mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it was buried for that long. So that's southern Turkey. And so one would imagine that doesn't fit our timeline of history 12,000 years ago. So what, what are we missing? Right. And I just think it's, it's fascinating. Of course, uh, I'm not out there digging in the desert. In the desert, but you're reading I, everything oh, you can get I, your hands on. That's right, exactly. I got so you. I find it, I find it extremely interesting. And it's so easy nowadays too, because you have access to so much information so easily. Yeah, that's right. You can always go as far as you want to down that rabbit hole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, uh, I would say the the sad thing is probably for anybody to do any real work in Northern Africa. I mean, like, how do you? I, I would say it's mission impossible. The Sahara because of the Desert business, is yeah. so deadly. so vast, right? <laughs> right? Of course. Yeah. To so, humans, right? But it, it's a pretty fascinating idea. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. Let's get into sports. Sure. When you were younger, of course, you did hockey. Mm -hmm. What was your favorite sport? When I was young, yes, hockey, Canadians. <laughs> so I was lucky. I grew up. So the poor kids nowadays, they haven't seen a championship Canadian team. Montreal yeah, Canadiens, right, 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 right? For a long time, um, but I, I grew up. There was there were championship teams, and even in my late teens, we had uh, two championship teams, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So that was really great. And then <coughs> this massive dry spell, and so it was only this past year the Montreal Canadiens got to the Stanley Cup final. Right. So I think everyone was really really excited. Uh, they they got beat in the final, but mm -hmm. uh, I think they excited the city. Mm. It's been a long time. So, <laughs> uh, but that's, that's the thing. Uh, sports teams are really, you know, you can't switch. And if you do, it's like the, pa the pa I believe the passion gets okay, diminished, right? right? Because you grew up with them, right? Yeah, and it's the same thing. Like I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, huge Buffalo Bills fan, have been forever. But, you know, it's like, why do I pick the teams that go on these dry spells, you know? <laughs> you want a winner. You want a winner. Yeah, right but I do. And I, yeah. I, I never let it go. So, you yeah. know, I've had a lot of frustration there. But actually, these past couple of years have been good. And, you know, fingers crossed, the Bills have a championship team coming up this, <laughs> this season. But you're going to be there watching them and rooting them on. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're, we're lucky now. When I yeah. first moved to Japan, we could never watch any. Well, yeah, right, you sure couldn't, unless you had a little box, and that would only yeah. be a few stations you could get every now and then. Yeah. What year did you come here? Uh, 2002. Okay. Yeah. 2002. Yeah, so now we can pretty much get, get it whatever you want, whatever you want, for it, anything from yeah. any country. Mm -hmm. Okay, so when you finish college, what did you do from there? What was your first job? Uh, so I worked for a uh, manufacturing company. So I was doing basically it's like in Canada. In Canada, mm -hmm. it's a pro I was doing project management to 
manufacture electronics. So mm -hmm. this was kind of a, uh, what do you call OEM. Mm -hmm. um, the OEM would be my client, but we were EMS, which is the manufacturing service. Gotcha. So my client was Alcatel at the time, and uh, I was running the projects to get those. Uh, at the time, it was the motherboards or PC mm -hmm, boards, mm -hmm. PCBs, and we would uh, manufacture so them, get them out, all the, everything, sticker packaging, right. just like from beginning to end. Okay. So that that was good. <coughs> and um, how long did you do that? How long did you do that? Oh, it was some years, and uh, you know, I started off kind of learning the job but then got into it so the reason i got that job was my uncle was a director in nortel okay so he he i think they used this company which was basically right. a montreal company but they got big and so um i got that as a summer job and then i went in full time because it just seemed like a good job and um the then they got bought by uh, ibm mm -hmm. So they were big, yeah, and so they became something called uh, Celestica, which was at the time man the manufacturing wing of IBM. So it was kind of big. It was good. Um, then after nine eleven, the telecom market crashed. Um, you saw companies like Nortel get wiped off mm -hmm, the map. Mm -hmm. um, but actually, we we were good. I guess you know, thank you to Alcatel, we were still doing business, but. That had an impact on me. Um, it, I saw a lot of people leave. Um, I kind of felt within that business, we really are just numbers. So um, what ended up happening was, you know, you could see the way people are treated when they're not needed anymore. And I guess you can say, well, that's business, but as an individual... It was night and day. Yeah, as an individual, I'm thinking, okay, so actually, this created an opportunity for me. I was getting promoted because the less people, but they wanted to keep some people. In order to keep them, they promoted them. So I could say, oh, wow, lucky me, but actually, what I really felt was... We are just numbers in the you in know, your in time may come eventually, right? So at the time, there was a one of the young ladies on my team. She was talking about you know, hey, you can go work in Korea or something. And mm -hmm. I thought, wow, you know, it might be a good time just to do something interesting. Had you so ever <laughs> been to Asia at all? <laughs> Never. No. I've been to <laughs> at the time Canada and the U.S. Okay. Gotcha. So I had never been overseas, never, and oh, it was just... How old were you now at that time? Oh Do you remember? gosh, in the 20s? In the 20s, yeah. Mid -20s yeah, mid -20s or 20s, okay. So then um, I just said to myself, like, you know, why don't you do it? But I ended up picking Japan, and um, I ended up starting in Osaka. And that, that was fun. In 2002, lightning. 2002. Yeah, okay. and, and I, it's going to be the same story you hear from almost everybody. I came here for one year. <laughs> right, right. But <coughs> never left, right? Um, so that's I think that's a yeah, very so common, this, a common, very common story. But uh, I certainly uh, don't didn't want to leave and don't want to leave. I really enjoyed myself, and um, so I. Oh, you're saying that now. You didn't want to leave, and you don't want to leave. You you yeah. you're talking about right now. You feel that way. 
Oh yeah, they're oh, yeah. yeah you're not, leave you're not gonna leave. Jaw. Yeah, well, see, I, feel, I always say like this: Why leave paradise once you find it? Yeah, yeah, that's it. So I, mean, I, mean, no, I have no intention of leaving. No, no, zero intention. Right. I mean, that's the thing. So um, I think opportunities could come, and it might be interesting for my family elsewhere. But um, we're, we're pretty much here. set in Tokyo. We love Tokyo. We love. Especially the past year or so, you know, we've traveled in Japan a little bit more than yeah, we used forced to. to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but to. Um, that's you know actually been good. I thought you know, in, mm. in some sense. How long did you live in Osaka? About two years, two and a half years. So and then you came straight from Osaka to Tokyo. Yeah, and that was for opportunity because at a certain point you realize, okay, well, it's good to live here, but I really want to. You know, get involved in business and um, make and make bigger money. So I ended up looking around here in Tokyo, and I came across uh, recruiting, right? And um, that was something I didn't know about before. Prior to, right? Yeah, and um, obviously, many people may know, have known about a recruiting industry. I had no idea, right. but I did like sales <laughs> and. Uh, I, I decided to give it a try, uh, it looked interesting. Back then the market was rather much, much less competitive and not as mature as it is now. Although I, um, it was still ra you know, rather competitive and everything, mm -hmm. but the, uh, I fell in love with it. Uh, it was just... Were you doing? Yeah, so I really So what market were you in? Technology. Technology. Yeah. So, so what, what positions were you looking for? Well, were you in charge of? At the time, you know, starting off was what does a, what does a client need, okay. and can I help them? Right now, I've narrowed that down more, but I still, I think, one of the things that has never left me. So when I was a teenager, I used to work in restaurants as a part-time job, and I think that did great things for me. One, it 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 taught me an intensity for the job for work because mm -hmm. when you're in a restaurant, I mean, you know, you can be Always lazy busy, or something, right. but if you're good in a restaurant, uh, there's an intensity to it, mm -hmm, especially mm -hmm. when it's busy. Mm -hmm. uh, and that that was really good. So actually I did have that intensity and I enjoyed that. Um, but also the customer service factor. I mean, if you're running a restaurant, but you don't care what the customer thinks, you're not <laughs> in business very long. That's true. And it's That's true. really, really important. That's true. That's true. And I think a lot of businesses, especially ones that get bigger, they lose that. Mm. And we see a lot about, you know, it's more about our process than what you as a client want. What do you think causes them to lose it when they start to get bigger? Um, what are some of the reasons? Well, I would identify the fact that there are always going to be people in a company that don't really want to do the job. So what they do is they kind of find positions where they can just simply tell other people what to do and this basically creates and I think it happens in a lot of companies it basically creates a situation where the company is doing actions to serve the company rather than the client okay right so, so you yeah. see these people that really don't want to yeah, but I just want to keep a job, maybe. Yeah, but that's it. I mean, they're going to act. They keep themselves busy by. But they don't think they about why they're doing it. Well, or how who's going to affect? Yeah, I'm not sure people think yeah. that far. Okay, they're not thinking that. But the idea is like people keep themselves busy by you know uh, 
you know, for loss of a better word, harassing other people. Okay. So that's generally what you see. However, the final product really goes back to serving that mm -hmm. rather than the client. Oh, I see. Okay. You see? So one of the things that I've always, and I won't let it, I think it's one of the things that makes my job enjoyable is I simply focus on what does the client need. I don't care about competitors. I don't care about, you know, that's why I started my own company. So, wait, so that's what you're doing now. You're an executive search right now. Yeah, and but I have my own when company. Did, wait, when, how long <laughs> were you? Okay. You left Osaka. When in yeah. Osaka, that isn't what you were doing in Osaka. No, no, no. Okay, okay. Yeah. Then when you left Osaka and you came to Tokyo, you worked with the company who was executive search. Yes. And how long did you work with them before you started your own? Um, so, uh, actually, I just started in July, so it's really new. You just told me that. That's what you yeah, just... That's right. Yes! Well, that's, that's why, why, that's why we're here. here. That's yeah. why we're here. We're that's getting right. to the meat of it now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You were telling me you were so excited. And that, mm. I get excited when people start their own companies because I know the feeling. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I know the feeling. Mm. Um, and that's for men and women. I yeah. mean, I enjoy it because the excitement's almost the same. But the women have a double advantage. Mm -hmm. They can have children. <laughs> Not that all of them do, because that's what it feels yeah. like when you start your own company. Right. That's your baby. Right. Oh, yeah. so, you, so it hasn't been a year yet, has it? No, it hasn't. So the thing is, I've, I've been really lucky, because <laughs> within, within consulting, is, you know, depending who you work with, which company you work mm -hmm. with, you, you're not necessarily like, managed or part of like that machine which actually exists out there so I could I won't say that uh, I won't lay any complaints on the past the whole idea is though like what really did I want to do is I don't want to do it other people's way is that the spirit of you know people who start their own company I hope so because right. that's what yeah when you want to make sure your personality shows through the things that you really find important mm. come through now other companies might be doing the same thing and you could have even worked with one right but there's always they might have put a little bit too much salt in well it's not to that, your taste that's it so it, it, can it, be something, al it always yeah. ends up going in that direction even if you join a small company that's it's, right and it, if you join a, a small company that may be exciting and, and it's good but if the company gets bigger and more successful, inevitably... It's going to be the vision of whoever started yeah, it, we, first of all. We see, yeah, or not even that person's vision. That's right, just, it could be, just right. The, you know, the A company moving, and the yeah. gears are moving, but there's no passion what, behind it. Or you know, what reality dictates. And right. So, I think, you know, we don't need to focus on competitors. We don't need to focus on anything but what the client wants and going back to what you originally asked me so I don't uh, I don't necessarily fill every position a client wants because we know our yeah. sweet spot we yeah, know right. our strength right. Right. so if we can't we're not going to waste their time or disappoint them however I do have alliances or contacts with people who could specialize gotcha. in that gotcha. so we can we so can you're keeping you have a yeah. you're trying to Broaden your network. Right. You're always right. looking for people you can deal yeah. with. So you could say, I'm sorry, I don't handle that. However, this one over here does. That's exactly it. And that's good. Yeah. And then you need that synergy, yeah. Yeah. So after all these years, you know, you kind of figure out what, is, what works well, what's good, who you work well with. So obviously, I'm, uh, I, have a, I started the company with a partner, a friend, mm -hmm. who okay. 
we one we trust each other two um, to. <laughs> we work really well together That's and good. we complement each other did you know each other before you yeah started? since osaka Oh, okay, so this is so, somebody yeah, you really know. Okay, that's, that's right. So, and the thing is, like, all those things, we complement each other. Oh, we, we work well together. We trust each other. That, that, to me, was like, okay, that's, that's an easy choice. And I believe for him it was as well. Are you two the, basically yeah. the same age, almost? Uh, yeah, he's a little bit younger, but oh, yes. Okay. And then um, the, uh, the third partner is actually my wife. Um, and so. for anybody... That she li- what kind of field was your wife in prior? Executive search? So uh, she was actually, she worked in different, um, she started off when she was in Osaka, she was working in, uh, I think, a Japanese gaming company. She's very artistic mm-hmm. and um, she enjoyed graphic design, all this uh, kind of stuff, and art. And then um, I think to move up to Tokyo, she ended up getting a job at one of those companies that sells and licenses images. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was there a couple years, um, and then we got married, and then uh, eventually my daughter, um, mm-hmm. and she hasn't worked. Um, oh, so she wasn't working up until you bec- she became your partner in business? No, but the thing is, uh, she's really clever, not just saying that in case you're listening, Sager, but she's extremely clever. She will be listening. In order to, like, there's so many tricks in terms of how to get things done, right? And you can throw money at a problem, any business problem, I think you can throw money at it, whether it's, you know, office space or getting license or accounting or Mm -hmm. all these kinds of things. However, to get through it all, I mean, we, she's been essential in terms of getting us set up and ready to start in July and also like you know my circle of life now I I live in Azabu I come to TAC and the office is right down there you you actually got a physical office yeah what you needed it you need to have an office well that's in your in your profession um that's there's two sides to that okay so one certainly before the pandemic mm-hmm. people really like to meet us and so you want to have a yeah, place outside and your of course home, of ours is a our consulting business is a people business yeah, most definitely yeah <laughs> so and people like to meet us so it was okay to you know uh, meet them at TAC or other places mm-hmm. however having office space it was it's kind of good and it also gives you credibility mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. people are making a big decision based upon your advice and they want to know you know yeah, yeah. what have you who, invested who in this yeah what have you invested in this yeah, yeah. so um, however it became like almost re-emphasized maybe a lot of people already realized it but certainly re-emphasized uh, at the beginning of the pandemic almost right away we don't need to meet people we don't need to spend time commuting and doing all this stuff you know meetings great but it's not absolutely necessary it's not in the absolutely necessary it's not essential and therefore um especially during the you know the lockdowns and everything people w- were doing they had no choice every yeah. stage of a job change we've never seen each other on in zoom person. or something right i mean yeah. i mean to see each other but they're never being yeah in the same so space from talking to me to getting a job offer and joining a company and onboarding on a company all of it through like zoom for example i mean who who Whatever. starts a job process and then 
starts working and never met their co-workers in person, possibly not even yet, and yet everything's fine. Right. So the, the, the mentality right, changes right, massive. Right, right, right. the, the spirit of <coughs> what people can do and what they need to do has changed that a lot. So interesting. That is yeah. so true. So we don't need an office, however, for us, working together uh, and not just on Zoom or something, we found was much more powerful. Okay. We really liked it. So we don't have a big office. We didn't get expensive service office or anything, but through the help of my wife, was because we actually found a very nice little place not so far from here. Very close to your so home. So even if we need a big meeting space or something, just come over to TAC. Why not? Um, and uh, but it's a great little place. We're really happy um, and doing doing business every day together is much better than being remote. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Does that suit everybody? No. But what we felt suited us was working What's together. What's the name of your company? Rise Consulting. Rise Consulting. Rise. Okay. So Rise. That's spelled with a Z. Yeah, well, it's spelled R Y Z E. R Y Z E. So R I S E is the is quite common, right? Right, right. And so to in order to distinguish yourself, yeah, or actually get the company name. Oh, I see. Yeah, we you know we were we just played with it a little bit, but when we got R Y Z, we thought, oh, it looks kind of cool, but the meaning is the same, right? Going up. Uh, I got to, right? Okay. And that's the, the purpose. Um, so then on our website, we the first image you'll see is uh, standing on top of Mount Fuji and seeing the sea of clouds. Okay. And then we, you know, there's other images about going up. And the whole so idea is like the purpose of my job and what we do is helping people go up. Gotcha. So um, and and companies go up if they have the right people, the company does great go up, things. Of course. And if people get, a, you know, they make a great job change, <coughs> great things for everybody, family, everybody. So that's kind of like that's why the name means a lot to us. No, no. But the website is what? Uh, Rise-recruit.com. Hyphen-recruit.com. Yeah. Okay. So the the. The company's name Rise Consulting. It's a KK. R Y Z. R Y Z E. Z E. Okay. Yeah. R Y Z E. Yeah. Okay. And then the website rise-recruit.com. Okay. Um, and the it's in English and Japanese. And once again, are there pictures of you in it? Uh, yeah, there okay. is. Okay. And your partner. Yeah. And partner and okay. wife. <laughs> okay. And wife. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, she's. I mean, you know, like I said, without her. We wouldn't. All we right. wouldn't be up and running. Okay. She's done a wonderful. I'll make job. sure I post that down in the description. Oh, thank you. So that'd be there. Of yeah. course, of course. Fantastic. Yeah. But it's been a great uh, first month or so, mm -hmm. um, and uh, <laughs> we're looking forward to many, many more. Right. So yeah. tell me, what would you like to end with? Besides this being a great month, how would you like to end this podcast? What are some of the things? Because I always ask people, what do you think about Japan? What are your feelings? You've already said you don't. I know how you feel about it. Right. How would you like to express that feeling? What are um, things about Japan you like or you love? Well, I would. Uh, I think maybe the if we look at the way the Olympics went these past couple of weeks, I think it's a good reflection on Japan. I think Japan put a lot of effort. There was a lot of excitement 
and the Olympics got derailed. And, you know, then it felt like, okay, well, we didn't want to hold the Olympics like this. We, or, you know, Japan or Japanese people, we didn't want to hold the Olympics like this. But they came, and guess what? Um, I think if you decided to sit and watch it on TV, you would have seen that it went really well. The events, for the most part, all went well. The athletes were fantastic. And um, now on goes Japan. And it's like you, you can try, I don't know how to, <coughs> what I'm trying to say exactly in terms of, it, it's kind of a, a spirit thing. It's like you can, for some reason, you can always try to hit this country, this culture, this city with something. People saying, oh, all the business is going to leave Japan and move to Hong Kong or Singapore or everything. That's called oh, Japan it's, ine passing, it's yeah. inevitable that, right. uh, you know, the Chinese economy is going to take over. Actually, it's not. Japan is unbeatable. And I think one of the I things agree. is because the, the, the people are really special. I feel it's one of the safest, most wonderful places, friendly places. For a big city. For a big city. It's just and absolutely wonderful. the biggest wonderful. in the world. Yeah. And so I'm proud to be a part of it. I'm proud to raise my daughter here and have her be a part of it. And um, nothing being inevitable, I think Tokyo is going to continue to be one of the best cities in the world and Asia. And uh, I hope businesses keep coming here um, getting involved there's wonderful people to work with um, I think Japan's gonna need uh, a lot of different people from around the world to help you know feed our society and economy um, and it, I hope that the pandemic comes to a close soon and we start to see start to see all those visitors and all those people from around the world in the city again wow. because it was quite amazing and um, I know that the Japanese people want want that want them back here mm -hmm. visiting and coming to Japan in the city so fingers crossed for that it comes to a close soon right, right? yes uh, was that a good end that's <laughs> yeah. beautiful Listen, okay. I can say you had gaming goosebumps oh, no, so okay. good it's because of companies like yours and companies are only a bunch of people together mm -hmm. basically they're not autonomous they actually yeah. have people in them and as long as we have people like you making companies the way I'm sure yours is going to be made mm -hmm. and how big it's going to come Japan's going to continue to be one of the best countries in the world. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you so yeah, much, Bill. It's been, pleasure. It's been fantastic. You. It's been great talking to you. All of you watching this, make sure that you press like, subscribe, and don't forget to continue to reach for the stars. It's all on loan, and you're too blessed to be stressed. <laughs>